0: Is episode five. So you know what that means. There's been an enormous logistical balls up, and Andy's on holiday. Welcome to the FL SESH podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the legions of adoring fans uh, of the FL Sesh podcast. It's it's great to have you back. Um, as you may have guessed, uh, we've done goofed. Andy is on holiday. I am not on holiday. I'm in my spare room. And I have been left in charge of the pod for the next two episodes, uh, which is the podcast equivalent of throwing a monkey and some editing software into a room and and seeing what is spat out. So I look forward to going on this journey with you. Um, League two predictions incoming. Um, The wheel has been pre-spun. The teams have been selected. I have received a lot of clips from Andy uh, of his views, opinions, thoughts. Um, I look forward to chopping them up in ways that I see fit, misrepresenting a lot of what he's probably trying to say and making sure that his table is completely upside down so that all of my predictions are correct and all of his are not. Um, sorry, Andy, if you're listening. Um, as I say, Will's been pre-spun. So I think without further ado, we can uh, we can jump right in. Same format as before, really. So we'll, uh, we'll go in the mix, team for team, literally in the mix. I'll be remixing everything that Andy says. Um, we'll go in the mix, team for team culminating in our league predictions, top scorer, best player, surprise package, good or bad. There is no Bristol team for me to pick this time, so that that should be interesting. Um, I believe there is a Canvey Island update coming. Um, we shall see. That will surprise all of us, me and you included. And, um, and, yeah, we'll see where we end up after the next couple of hours. Uh, looking forward to it all unravelling live. Hopefully not literally, but I guess... We shall see. Um, I think I'll be the gentleman and I'll let Andy go first. So uh, imagine a wheel spinning, uh, me and Andy chatting about our days, our weeks to date. And um, we'll go from there. Andy,
1: over to you for the first team. So the first team that I got uh, allocated in the random spin the wheel draw was Gillingham. So my thoughts on Gillingham this season are you know, generally quite positive, actually. Um, I remember actually last season, even though they were kind of flirting with relegation for most of the season, um, when the new manager came in, which I'll speak about in a minute, they really did go on a bit of a run and they were really, you know, pushing uh, in a good momentum at the end of the season, I think, you know. Their, their results kind of speak for themselves, so I'm I'm really quite high on Gillingham this year, and I think they'll build on that momentum they you know got at the end of last season, and you know push on, and I think you know they're definitely a um, you know dark horse for me for potentially the playoffs. I really like the manager, so I think that's a really you know that was a really good coup for um, Gillingham to get a manager of Neil Harris's stature. Obviously very well known for his time at Millwall, um, did a great job with them and, you know, pushed them forward and, you know, nearly got them to, you know, you know, playoffs with that team Um definitely laid a good foundation for Gary Rowett who's currently there, you know, as the current manager. But I really rate Neil Harris. I think he's a you know a good a good man manager he seems like. He seems he has some good tactics behind him. And I think generally for a league two level club, I think most manager or most teams would want Neil as their manager. So I, I really rate him and I think he's, you know, someone that can get the best out of the players and, and move forward. The transfer business also I think is pretty decent and I think, you know, they've they've definitely bought in some good players. Obviously, the Millwall effect and the Millwall connection is is quite strong. So they've brought in Scott Malone as a left back, and I think that's an excellent bit of business for for uh, Gillingham. I think that will uh, provide a good, you know, level of depth, and I think you know he's probably in line to probably start for them uh, this coming season. But I think it provides, like you said, like some good depth, um, and and replaces Lewis Page who they lost to Dagenham um, this season, which is fine um i think jonathan williams is a good signing from swindon you know he's obviously been a welsh international back in the day probably in the twilight of his career but i think you know at league two level we certainly can definitely do a job and that'll uh, that'll go well um i think the the, Mac, the Connor mattison um masterson sorry signing from qpr is a nice bit of business kind of a you know a steady steady player and i think you know bearing in mind he's been playing at QPR and got a few games under his belt, I think, last season, um, you know, that will lend itself well to League 2 level, I think, and it just really depends on how they, you know, how he can kind of, you know, crack on and, you know, put his put his stamp on this team and, you know, shore themselves at the back. But honestly, I think, you know, based on their performances last season and I think, you know, they've generally got a pretty pretty strong spine of that team with, you know with players like George Lapseal, uh, Sly Sly? SEAL Sly. Sly, I think it's Sly. Um uh, in, in the in the kind of midfield positions, you know, anchoring that midfield. Um and I think generally they've got some firepower up front from what I've seen. But You know, momentum is such a massive thing in football, and I think they'll ride the momentum they had at the back end of last season, got themselves out of trouble, and one of one of the most informed teams in the uh, in the league at the end of uh, last season. So, you know, I really do fancy them. I'm pretty high on Gillingham this year, so it'll be interesting to see where they uh, end up. But I think my predictions in the table will kind of dictate that. But yeah, pretty positive about Gillingham.
0: Oh Andy, the fun we could have had with this one from your mispronunciation of George Lapsley said literally exactly how it's spelt, um, to your omission of club legends Shadrach Oji moving to uh, moving to Gilliam over this summer for an undisclosed fee, which is a previously unheard of term around League Two parts. Um not least a miss and a shame for everyone involved because I could have asked you your your favourite Emmerdale character, which we would all be extremely interested to hear and may pop up in a in in, in a pod in the future at some point in the near future. I imagine our, our Emmerdale special. Um, unfortunately, you'll have to suffice with my my somewhat weaker Chillingham fun fact, which is that their direct rivals are not very direct. And they are, in fact, Swindon Town, Um, the reasons behind which I find quite dubious, actually. So, apparently, in the 1979 season, um, well, 1978-79 season, Gillingham and Swindon, big promotion rivals, apparently. um, Gillingham, 2-0 up at home, uh, let in two goals, seemingly perfectly, fairly and squarely, and then get a player sent off. A Gillingham fan then runs onto the pitch knocks out the referee left, right. Good night. The game seems to be continued and then finishes as the a draw. So they should actually be quite lucky that didn't get called off. They then go to Swindon and get turned over three, one um, again, nothing particularly controversial about that. They just lose. But um, Apparently, yeah, Julian were incensed that they were wronged of points from those two games and therefore a rivalry was born. Yeah. Um, don't bottle 2-0 leads and don't get turned over 3-1 by promotion rivals and you probably won't spark that rivalry, Gillian. But maybe this, may, actually, yeah, given your propensity for starting rivalries for you just being weak, I, I guess we're now your rivals. Maybe maybe we're rivals to a Gillian podcast somewhere, but I guess we shall see. Yeah. Um, Enough of that nonsense. Anyway, this is a problem with Andy not being here. There's no one, no one to cut me off and uh and uh, move me along when I'm just chuntering. But, but there we go. Um, my team, my first team. Imagine the wheel spinning. Bit of crap banter about Michael McIntyre. Bang, Barrow AFC. Um, immediately interesting manager Pete Wild started his career. As manager of the England amputees side. Now, I think that's wild and admirable. So fair play, Pete Wilde. Um your career thereafter. I mean weird, but also fairly boring in comparison. Oldham, Halifax, Barrow. So but then maybe when you charge up the leagues with Barrow, that'll 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 bring some closure to that that wild cycle. Um so yeah, um best of luck, I guess, Pete Wilde. Um, transfer business, Paris transfer business. Lots of ins and outs this year. Um, no, I mean far too many to go through every single one. I'm going to stick with notable ones. Notable outs: Josh Gordon, um, key striker. Uh, Andy would be agreeing with this. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. So left for League One. Left, left for a, a higher team. So fair play. He's, he's he's on the up. He's he's soaring through the divisions. Um, coming in though, quite a few good players. Um, experience in David Worrell and Jamie Proctor, sort of Port Vale double whammy, um, and some fresh, fresh, young blood as well in Mazid um, Ogungbo, who I presume I've pronounced correctly, uh, young centre back from sort of Arsenal underage teams, and Emil Akwar as well from uh, Maidenhead in the National League, following in Petersburg's footsteps, raiding the uh, raiding the conference for for talent. Um, See, I I rate Barrow's chances this year. I mean, last year what came ninth, I believe. I think, I don't know. I I think that should be the minimum for this year. Uh, the minimum aspiration. What do you reckon, Andy?
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought you'd agree. Um, right. Well, I, I mean, uh, I I don't really, I didn't really have a fact queued up for Barrow. To be honest, um, I've been to Barrow. Uh, it was pretty grim. But then I didn't really give it a fair shake going to a town almost solely renowned for building submarines in the middle of January, I sort of felt like I knew what I was getting myself in for. So yeah, I, I won't, I won't pan it too, too harshly. Um, I won't give it the blackball treatment anyway. Um, yeah, Andy, over to you. Enough of me.
1: So the next team I'm going to be speaking about is Swindon town. So I remember Swindon as kind of a, you know, very decent side and, uh, uh, I remember their kits I think they were the ones that had like FIFA on their kits or EA Sports which is a you know a cool thing to remember a bit of a throwback as you will but th- I remember when they were in the kind of upper echelons of League One so it's um for me kind of interesting seeing them in League Two Um, but obviously had a you know pretty average season last year I think they were like getting near towards mid table maybe even pushing the playoffs but you know for a team like swindon Stature, they should definitely be like up there and challenging you know at the upper upper areas of the of the table um from from what i've seen you know michael uh, was it michael Flynn? yeah as his as their manager um seems to be a decent appointment um don't know too much about him obviously he's only got appointed as of may uh, this year so um he has a full season or a pre-season behind him you know, ahead of him, that's the word I was looking for, ahead of him, sometimes the way our words don't work, um, and, and a full transfer window to really shape his squad, and that's kind of where I'll go to next. I'm pretty worried about their squad. They've got, you know, they've only got 19 I think, registered players at the moment, which is obviously, you know, not to, you need a much bigger squad to really go through a 46-game season because, you know, you're bound to get injuries and you're bound to get, you know, players that will have knocks that may, you know, Keep them out for short or long-term periods of the season, so I think they definitely need to invest highly. They've started well. They, you know, they've started to get some players in. Dan Kemp, I think, he's a decent signing from MK Dons, a local rival in the league, and um, you know, you've got Murphy Mahoney from QPR who's a young up goalkeeper, which is you know, which is pretty good. But you know, it's again, you don't really know too much about you know how they're going to do they're very young keepers it can either go one or two ways it can be like you know the the James Trafford ilk where you know they have a sensational season and they're just you know an upcoming promising prospect and and does really well or they could really you know struggle and and you know not adapt to the league very well and um but you need to give everyone a chance, right? So, you know, they're a little bit of an unknown for me. Some notable, you know, notable departures. So, obviously, Jonathan Williams has gone to Gillingham. I think that's a bit of a loss. I think he's, a you know, an experienced head that could have, you know, rallied the troops in, in this season. Um, uh, they've lost uh, kind Harris to, uh, I think, Aldershot um, and Ellis uh, Elando uh one the two <laughs> Um to Colchester. Um I think who was a pretty good left back and I think it's a little bit worrying that they're kind of selling to direct rivals in in the league so clearly you know some of their players are quite highly touted so i'm a little bit worried for them not going to lie i i kind of think they need to invest quite heavily and, and build that squad depth up and build them squad numbers up to really mount any kind of serious push so i think if they carry on the way they are i think they not going to lie i think they're in for a pretty tough season moving forward and it's important to kind of you know Think over a forty-six game season, you just need the numbers behind you. As I said, the the injuries are a big factor, and also you know, you obviously only have one summer transfer window, but obviously you have the January transfer window. So if you make a good start to your season with the like the low numbers that you've got, you know, you some of your players might get you know snatched up by higher you know division teams, which you know makes your squad numbers even lower. So they they definitely need to bulk up, you know their squad so time will tell and I'm you know at this moment in time I'm 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 a bit worried for him and I don't think they're going to be challenging in terms of the playoffs this year so um yeah get your finger out Swindon and uh get get your numbers up mate
0: Andy 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 Jonathan Williams once was bad enough but twice is, is blasphemy uh Johnny Williams uh, football league and Premier League legend with uh, with Crystal Palace, the world's most underplayed footballer. But um, yeah, w- what a disappointment to to give him his full name. He must have been a he must have been naughty. He sounds like his his mother telling him off. Um, Swindon fact, only desperate to hear it. Uh, apparently rooted in the old English swine town, meaning pig hill, um, because again, apparently the town used to be swarming with pigs which is a weird thought. What do like a swarm of pigs do? I'm imagining like when the birds do that murmur thing but with pigs on the ground, but I don't know, maybe that's why they can't get their numbers up because uh, there's just pigs everywhere. But I don't know. We shall see. Um, let's have a chat about Trammere. Um, let's take a look at their business first. It's a good place to start as any. Lost an absolute bundle of players. Um, this is sort all of double digits. We're talking about a dozen, Baker's dozen, um, to be more precise. And by like, lost a bundle of players, I mean seemingly frog march, frog marched them out of the door because um, they all appear to have left on free transfers and doesn't seem like a great deal was done to keep them. So, kind of been very good. But um in terms of arrivals, clearly planning on blowing the opposition away next year. Um, exclusively centre forwards being signed at the moment, going for a sort of extra league to experience front line of, of Norris from Stevenage, Jennings from Hartlepool and and Dennis from last year's promotion achieving Carlisle. Um and have also brought across I mean the only non centre forward business at the window for them, a pair of Forest Green Roverers, um, in Hendry and the goalkeeper Luke McGee. So I don't know, maybe they'll use that sort of insider knowledge to batter Forrest Green home in a way this season. Um, manager-wise, Ian Dawes takes the reins in a permanent capacity after sort of a couple of stints as caretaker manager, taking over from elite lower league managerial journeyman, Mickey Mellon, unbelievable lower league name as well. I presume that's why he keeps on getting jobs, because his record's pretty poor. But um remains to be seen, really, whether Ian Dawes can improve on his impressive, imperious 22% win rate from sort of his 10 games last year, which isn't exactly a rip-roaring start to proceedings, but I don't know, there must have been something in there while they gave him the job. So so I look forward to seeing that. Um, that's it really for Tranmere. I think I can just tell you what I think if I really wanted to. Andy can't respond, but I, I won't give it away. Lower league table, I'll uh, I'll give you that much. A little teaser for you. Um, the fun fact for Tranmere, uh, it's the only club with a Norse Viking name, in professional English football, with it apparently standing for Sandbank with Cranes, um, which is a weird one, really, because you wouldn't think the Vikings would have known what a crane was. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they just started building the Shard or something. They saw it on the way up. Um, ha, ha ha See, I can get away with crap like that now that there's nobody around to stop me. Um, my ne- yeah, my next trick, I'll I'll pull a laugh track out or something to accompany these these zingers. Um, really make myself feel better. Um, well, I can hear Andy's next clip rattling around in its folder already, just desperate to get out. So, I guess I will begrudgingly pass the mic back over to uh, to the man himself.
1: So, I think the next team I'm going to be talking about is a uh, is one that I think a lot of people probably want to put their opinions on um and that is uh Wrexham so Wrexham obviously at the moment are riding an absolute wave of momentum now with their you know league uh sorry national league uh championship um you know won a obscene amount of games last season you know with a squad that you know easily in my opinion is league two level probably even higher um Obviously, got their very rich uh, Hollywood owners. That's obviously providing a bit of stardust and an X factor for them in, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Um, that's been really cool to see. And if you haven't watched the Welcome to Wrexham documentary on Disney Plus, I really highly recommend it. it. is a great watch and uh, provides a great insight to that club. Um, f- for me, this season, they, you know, their squad and their general just. Aura about them and the momentum that they, you know, have got under their belts now. They've really got to think they've got to push for a serious title contention or even automatic promotion contention this season. You know, they have some really good players, you know, that have, you know, they've been able to attract them, you know, many leagues above. And, and they've kept the majority of their title winning squad from last season. Um, I like the manager, like, uh, Phil Parkinson. You know, he's... Someone that's been involved in the football league for many many years has experienced promotions. He has experience in that league, and I think he can. he's probably the perfect person to steer that club into, you know, the, their first for all for a long long time in the football league. I'm really happy for him. I think you know they're a team that deserves to be there. The racecourse ground looks like a a very top stadium and something that you know builds an amazing atmosphere. So I'm really excited to see how they're getting on. Obviously, you know some of their players speak for themselves, right? You know they've they've bought in Ben Foster. You know I know he's forty years old, but you know at League Two level, that isn't you know he's still got it right and and he'll certainly do a job he definitely did the job for the eight or nine games that he came in you know at the back end of last season in the National League um, you know Aaron Hayden he seems a really decent centre back and I think he'll, he'll he'll have a big season he'll be able to shore him up at the back but I think he's got goals in his game as well which I think is a you know a very valuable asset as a centre back you know Jordan Davis you know he seems a bit of a local legend at that place he seems to you know I think he'll he'll be a good central midfielder in that Elliot Lee, former West Ham player, you know, I think he's a bit of a cheat code in League in League Two as well, which is which is great and I think he'll, you know, he'll definitely get loads of um contributions next season. And then, you know, they're up for you know, the front line kind of speaks for himself really, you know, when you've got Oli Palmer who, you know, did amazing at AFC Wimbledon, um, you know, and that's how he got the move to Wrexham. Essentially, he knows the lit, he knows League One and League Two football probably, um, and I think him and you know the the super duper Paul Mullen up front, I think that is a formidable strike partnership that will bear loads of goals in League, League Two this year. I I do worry for some of the other teams' defenses, um, so essentially they've got quality all across the pitch essentially all the different elements you know they haven't done too much transfer business which I don't think they need to I think you know the majority of squad are good enough but getting Willie Boyle from you know from Huddersfield to to go down two leagues who is you know still playing quite high you know quite regularly for Huddersfield last season is you know a great bit of business and provides them again extra quality to that team at the back um They've obviously had a good pre you know their, their preseason's been absolutely mad um because they've you know gone to America and played played teams like Manchester united, they played Chelsea um they played like Philadelphia Union. You know, they've had some massive teams and some, like, you know, great experiences um, this pre-season and just testing themselves against some really high-level opposition, which I think will leave them in good stead and gets, you know, great minutes in the legs for the players. But, you know, when you play with better players, that normally develops you as as players. So, you know, I think, if anything, I think, I know it's their first season back, but anything less than playoffs for... um, Anything less than playoffs for Wrexham this season must be seen as a disappointment. I think they've got to be, you know, thinking that they're going to go for the double promotion, um, and it will be interesting to see how they start and how they adapt to the league. So I think if they adapt to it well, I think they're in for a very interesting season and something that's going to probably, you know, get the fans behind them. Um, you know, for me, I think, yeah, I'm really high on them, and, and we'll have to see how it goes, but. Um, maybe a couple more bits of transfer business to do uh, for them just to bulk up the numbers. Uh, but, you know, their squad is more than capable of mounting a serious challenge this season.
0: Thanks, Andy. You, you've managed there to avoid as well the typical wrecks and bashing that normally goes with a club with loads of money buying their way out of the National League um, as well, There, which is which is quite nice. But it's a shame that I won't, though. Um, I, I think it's all fair game really though uh, I don't begrudge a team for doing it but let's not pretend you've you've grafted your way out of a of a tough league when you've got 300k to spend on a player of Ollie Palmer's ilk who find despite recent success having seen him play in the flesh about six years ago the words barn door and banjo come to mind um. But yeah, I digress. Your interesting fact about Wrexham is that the, uh, the race course is the oldest international football ground still in use today, seeing its uh, its first interna- international action in 1877. Um, and it's true, you can still get the, the authentic 1800s experience if you uh, get the train over there and, and go to watch a match to, uh, to this day. Uh, anyway, we're moving on. And uh, we're moving on to Mansfield, a team who came agonisingly close to playoff football last year, missing out on, I believe, goal difference, Um, but a team that I think have, have the minerals to go one step further this year. Experienced manager, obviously, and Nigel Clough at the helm, playing an attacking style of football, which certainly leads to his fair share of goals, Um, with them shaking out if not the, but one of the top scorers in the division last year, again, if I remember correctly. Um, So obviously then it's a defence that's laying them down, which they've obviously identified and sought to address this transfer window with six of their seven pieces of permanent business being to bolster the back five with four full backs, my favourite, a centre back and a goalkeeper. Um, Yeah, good business, good manager, good vibes. I think things are looking up for Mansfield this year. Uh, and speaking of looking up, I've been looking up some Mansfield facts, and I've narrowed my my interesting fact down to a, a short list of most famous people from Mansfield. I've got it down to two. So the first being Rebe- Rebecca Adlington of swimming fame, and the other being Richard Bacon, um, not, as I initially thought, the... American one from the adverts whose name is actually Kevin Bacon which I did think was weird I didn't realize why he'd have that accent if he's from Mansfield but it's not him so that's why um but who is in fact a TV and radio host with greatbritishspeakers.co.uk characterizing him as having a warm inquisitive entertaining honest and no-nonsense hosting style um which despite being a bit sort of counterintuitive I'm not sure you can be Warm and inquisitive and no nonsense as well. Um I think he he he's uh, he's everything that we we aspire to be um, and has stolen our thunder a bit. And Andy, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've got anything to say about that.
1: Absolutely mad,
0: mm, indeed. Uh, anyway, without further ado, here's Andy again. Actually, he's back to talk to you about Harrogate, uh, the land of lovely spring water.
1: So, Harrogate for me last season you know narrowly avoided relegation from from league 2 um so obviously you know that kind of gives a bit of an indication on their squad and their general confidence obviously you know just about stayed up you know did what they needed to do at the end of the season to to stay up and i think that's allowed them to you know maybe this season relook at their squad get rid of some you know, players that were probably making up the numbers last season and, and some investors and in quality. And I've been quite, you know, I've been quite quietly confident on their transfer business so far, so far this season. So, you know, Dean Cornelius from Motherwell, I think, is a, you know, a very decent signing for the league. He seems to be a player that, you know, likes to play box to box and um, probably can provide that bit of X factor and that bit of quality in the league. And just to, you know, show up that midfield, because I think that was a midfield that potentially was being breached way too much. And uh, you know, causing for way too many goals to be shipped at the wrong end of the wrong end of the pitch for them. Um, I think Matty Daly from Huddersfield's a decent signing. I think you know, getting anyone from like a, a Championship club um, that that's you know, they've had experience at you know upper echelons of the football league. That's only going to help you know teams at the you know League Two level, and I think it allows them to you know, utilise that experience but also help, you know, maybe some of the younger players that, you know, are just pushing into the first team squad. Um, gives them that kind of know how and I think, you know, that experience will be vital um to give to them kind of players to crack on. Um you probably hear that quite a lot during this prediction the, these predictions I think, you know, there needs to be a mix of young players, I think some young, exciting prospects and some good experience in teams for them to mount a serious kind of, you know, challenge in League Two. Um, you know, it looks like they've got rid of some players, um, some central midfielders. I think one to Bradford, which I think's a bit of a one, and Peter Jameson to to um, Hartley Paul. Um, I think you know, it looks like they've been able to look at their squad and get some get rid of some players. But I think they probably do need to do a little bit more in the transfer market just to bolster their numbers up a little bit because um, they've only got a squad size at the moment of about twenty one players, so again over a forty six game season, you definitely need that squad depth and squad squad numbers to kind of keep keep there. I think a key player for them, I think for this season is Luke Armstrong up front. I think you know he, he seemed to he seem to have a good good you know enter to, enter to last season. I think he needs to you know ride that wave of momentum and keep that going up and i think you know for them to have any chance of you know not being in the same kind of position as they were last season i think he needs to start firing and i think a mixture i think a mixture of that cornelius and and maybe mark oxley at the back um a goalkeeper i mean um that gives him a good like spine and a good you know foundation to build from Um, their manager has been there for absolutely ages so Simon Weaver I think he played for him for like three years before he actually you know became their full time manager so he's been in the helm since you know 2012 or 2011 so he knows the club inside out and he seems he seems a quite exciting manager someone that you know likes to play the football the right way and you know has been experienced in the league now for a couple of few seasons so knows what league two exactly is going to bring him but I think that squad itself, I don't think it's at the moment in my opinion, it's got enough to really, you know, be challenging the upper echelons of the table, but I think it's certainly good enough to, you know, not be really too worried this season in terms of relegation. I think, you know, they just narrowly missed it last season, but I think they've got enough to essentially keep themselves in that kind of mid table shuffle as me and Joe like to allude to it. Um so yeah, Harrogate Town, I think you're gonna have a pretty okay season. Don't think you're gonna to worry too much in terms of the relegation zone, but you know, get some more players in to bolster their numbers up.
0: And what will those more players need, Andy? They will need hydrating. And how will they be hydrated? Local water, I imagine, as Harrogate is renowned for its local water. Um it apparently takes a thousand years for uh, for the water in those parts to filter through the layers of rock to reach the level from which one can extract Harrogate water, which is quite interesting. Um, and in my research, I came across a sensational review, Google review, left by one disgruntled visitor of the sort of Harrogate water factory. Is it a factory? You don't really make it. Um, extractory. There you go. I just made that up. But that, that sounds good. They should, they should use that. Um, which reads as follows. Tastes like tap water. An old boy, is it going to blow his or her mind when they listen to this podcast and find out that water is in fact water, whether it comes from the tap or out of a bottle. Uh, yeah, truly groundbreaking stuff on the pod. Our goal is to entertain and inform. Uh, right. Well, I can feel the audience baying for more. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the world's unluckiest second place team, Notts County from last year, Uh, famously finishing on 1 million points in the National League and still having to endure the playoffs because of their bizarre one-team-goes-up-automatically rule. Um, But playoffs, worst way to lose, but the sweetest way to go up. So not exactly a complete waste of a near-record-breaking season for them. Uh, Business-wise, I mean, keeping hold of star striker Langstaff is absolutely vital for them, which they so far seem to have done. Um, Although losing Ruben Rodriguez is a bit of a blow. So that sort of defense unlocking quality is quite difficult to to find and bring in at this level. Um, There's been some sensible transfer business in nonetheless, Um, a mixture of League Two experience coming in. And another homecoming that we're talking about for Football League legend, David McGoldrick, who they'll hope can complement their already quite potent attacking threat. Um, But yeah, we all know what I think about homecomings. So he better not Aaron Ramsey stink the place out. Uh, Manager Luke Williams is an exciting talent that I'm looking forward to seeing back in the Football League. I mean, last time got off to a great start to his time. As Swindon manager, well, he was Swindon manager, Swindon interim manager anyway, but um, yeah, repeated out towards the end of his tenure. So interesting to see if his experience as a high performing non-league manager will have restored his confidence. Um, Overall, I might be going against the grain a little bit in in the sense that I don't think Notts County's momentum will see them launched up the table uh, in League Two right away. But equally, I don't think there's any great cause for for concern here if I am a Notts county fan um not really so much an interesting fact as an interesting observation for the for this one, but um it would appear the infamous football manager two thousand and eight Wonder Kid turned journeyman in real life, John Bostock is already an avid listener to the pod um tweeting out his delight at getting more minutes in the tank the other day during pre-season. And um I can hear the question on everyone's lips what were the results around that time that he was he was alluding to? Uh lost six one, lost one nil, lost five one. So yeah, I rest my case, Your Honor. And I will uh I will concede the mic to my esteemed colleague Andy while whilst I silently gloat.
1: Stockport 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 let me talk about Stockport honestly you know i think they are the the team that you know deemed probably one of the richest in 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 the in the league um and you know they they seem to be flinging their money about a little bit which is you know quite exciting for see for you know a league 2 club you know similar to like the Wrexham story and similar to you know the you know probably notts county doing the same but I, I'm I'm really excited about Stockport this season. I think they're in for a a very wild ride, as Joe would say, in the uh, League Two this year. Um, you know, for for me, let's start let's start with the manager, right? Dave Chilin Chalinor. Um he's been at the club for, you know, a fair few a few years now, so he knows the club kind of inside out. I think, you know, the the money that's been coming in, I think it's you know, this season is super-duper integral for him. I think he's someone that, you know, with a full pre you know, this money that they've spent certainly for the, uh, for the players that they've got, um, yeah, he needs to do well. Otherwise, he will probably be out the door, I think, if they have a shaky start to the season this year. I think he might be in trouble. Um, they need to be essentially challenging for the automatic or at least the playoffs as an absolute bare minimum this year. I think, for, in my opinion, with the squad they've got, you know, their, their transfer business has been a bit of a joke, if I'm being totally honest. Like, you know, getting Louis Barry going down to League Two level um, out on a loan from Villa. Like I've seen him. I saw him a little bit of Ipswich when he was there for a season. And, you know, that there's certainly elements of a player like he went to Barcelona, didn't he, I think, if I remember rightly, from West Brom. So clearly there's a player in there. And I think at League Two level, I think he will certainly, you know, do bits. I mean, do major bits in that league. Um, Nick Powell, like <laughs> getting Nick Powell from Stoke on a free, going down to League Two is, again, a massive cheat code for League Two. You know, there was a point in time where I think Nick Powell was, you know, at Man United, he was incredibly touted to be, you know, a really, really top draw player. Unfortunately, I think, you know, injuries and in general, you know, uh, lack of game time and, and just some, some other aspects or elements that have really hindered his development. But, you know, there's certainly at League Two level, I think he's, again, a bit of a cheat code and a a player that I think that could do excellent at League Two level. And, you know, spearhead a season where Stockport are right up there. You know, Jaden Richardson from Aberdeen, you know, again, experience at the highest level in Scotland, you know. Compared to League Two level, I think playing in the SPL was probably, you know, a higher level than, than League Two. So that experience and that high quality is, is going to be vital. Um, Jordan Smith from Forest, you know, a goalkeeper that, you know, will provide great, great competition and potentially, you know, a starting berth there. Um, you know, they've got, you know, some other other good keepers and Ben Hinchcliffe and Bobby Jones Um, but I think you know Jordan Smith has probably come in going to be their number one brings a good level of quality to that squad as well but you know if you look at look at their strike force as well they've got you know Paddy Madden you know he's very very well versed in league in EFL football has played some big clubs Um, you know you've got Billy Chadwick who's a decent player and Isaac Olof Olof? Olof. Um, I think he's he's a good player Jack Stretton, I think he's in for a big season as well, but they're just general. Their quality throughout the squad, I think, is just important, and I think that lays a great foundation for them to mount a real serious challenge this year. And you know, my predictions for the table, I've got them up there. I've certainly got them up there um for the season coming up and I'm really excited to see how they're gone. But, you know, I think for Stockport fans, seeing players like Louis Barry and Nick Powell come through the door and playing for your team, I think that is that that in itself is gonna probably give a little bit of excitement for the for the season upcoming ahead. So yeah, I'm high on Stockport this year and uh yeah, let's see how they really get on. But yeah, we'll just it it, it excites me. Don't get me wrong, it really excites me this season for Stockport, so yeah, I'll be uh, following them with bated breath and seeing if all the, you know, the money they've spent, the money they've been flinging about, is really going to be, uh, is going to come to fruition and and going to be bearing a lot of fruit for them. So yeah, that's me on Stockport this year.
0: Ah, good to see Andy that you've stolen my slow repetition of the team name as a as a delaying tactic at the start of your segment. There, top work. Um, a quick confession: I actually lied in the last episode everyone apologies i alluded to northampton being the best team i saw grace the brisbane road turf last year but i was clearly still in shock at the absolute trouncing that stockport gave us uh, at the end of the season and by far and away the most competent and well put together side we faced And, uh, well, actually, as previously discussed, you're basically only as good as the teams you directly beat. So uh, Port Vale on course to win the Prem this year and Stockport will win League Two. Uh, Final answer, Chris, lock that in. Uh, Here's where I would ask Andy to finish the sentence, so solid, blank, but without him. We'll just have to imagine his response and jump straight into our crew Alexandra analysis um, without our, our chummy back and forth. Um, I'll let the cat out of the bag early because I like to flag my sort of league yardstick for the season as, and when it pops up Uh, crew will finish bang on mid table this year and do absolutely nothing out of the ordinary. Um. In terms of their business, always pretty reliant each year on their robust academy offerings, um, and this year is no different. They've promoted a good handful, a fair few underage players to their first team, um, but alongside that, they have added some experience. I mean, you've got Mickey Dimitriu, experience or football league centre back coming in, and Tracy Cambridge United attacker as well. So, so it's not all, uh, not all under-21s players, which is nice. Um, Their outgoings, however, are probably a bit more troublesome. Um, As we've alluded to before, they've they've lost future League One player of the season in in Dan Aguil. It
1: excites me. Don't get me wrong. It really excites me.
0: Well, yeah, steady on, Andy. It's still my turn. Um, And they've also lost centre-forward Basala Sambu to a Cypriot second division club. Um, but to be fair, when you know when the big clubs come calling, uh, you can't you can't stand in the player's way. Um, it's difficult to turn them down. Uh, you know, money talks, and Enosis Neon Prelimnu presumably pack quite the financial punch. So, yeah, fair play. Sad to see him go. Um, fun fact, anyone? Uh, Cruise Academy currently ranks tenth of the eighty-two active amongst football league clubs at present which is pretty wild um one place above liverpool's and i mean light years ahead of all the other category 2 academies currently offering up players in the football league um probably one for a future pod that because uh, i i love a bit of a, a bit of an academy deep dive but for now not the purpose of this episode we will uh, we will keep that back for my anorak's guide in the future and we will move on to our penultimate team of the episode, um, where Andy, we'd love to meet your friend.
1: Akron and Stanley, who are they? Exactly. So that's, you know, that's the classic soccer IM reference to that club. Um obviously one of the teams that got relegated just narrowly got relegated from league 1 last season i remember the uh, kind of bottom bottom kind of like four or five were really really close and it was a case of like you know a couple of points that kind of separated them but besides the point they were relegated last season and from watching them last season in your league 1 i kind of saw why i thought their football was a bit one dimensional and i think you know it wasn't really well versed to league 1 football i know it can be You know, seen as a little bit of a, you know, route one kind of league, potentially league one. But you still need to definitely have some foot mobility. And I think there's, you know, elements to their game, which is good at Quinton, but I also think areas of their game, which is quite one dimensional, which I think teams probably could exploit pretty well. Obviously, they've got a really experienced manager in John Coleman. He's been there for absolutely yonks, and under you know he has experience in in you know the EFL and, and League Two and League One. So I think you know sometimes sometimes stability is the best uh, best ability. <laughs> um, I think you know he he is a safe pair of hands, which I think can steer Accrington to have you know a pretty decent season this year. Um, their arrivals seems to be their kind of. I said Kelvin Mella from Crew is not too bad, and getting the centre back from Norwich and Brad Hills, I think, provides them on you know he's got them on loan. I think it provides them with you know some definitely competition and some good squad depth in the you know the defensive areas of the pitch, which I think probably they need to address this year because they shipped in way too many goals last season. I think they conceded seventy seven goals, which is you know I think the the most in the league or the set elite at least very close to the most in the league one last season. So they need to really defend, you know, get the defensive elements improved for this upcoming season. Um, I think they've lost quite a few players as well. So Harvey Rogers to Grimsby, Mitchell Clark to, uh, to Port Vale. So some upper echelons clubs. So I think, you know, they, they've lost a little bit of their general squad depth in the defensive areas. So I think, you know, the, the incomings are very much, you know, uh there's there's logic behind that they've also seemed to have um promoted quite a lot of you know youngsters from their under twenty one squad or under twenty three squad into their team, which I think you know is good in some respects because you know you want to see t- players develop and players from your own from your own team get that chance but sometimes you know they 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 need that time to embed and you know in league two you are you know if you get relegated you're out of the football league right so is it worth taking that chance? you know, it's very much down to the club. I don't know if I would take a chance on fully putting all the hopes on the on the youngsters. You need that element of quality and that element of experience there to get you through a forty six game season. You know, players I like for for uh Accrington this season, I think, you know, um Low. I think he needs to have a big season up front. Um, I think he, you know, is someone that I think could be well versed to league two football and I think potentially his his level is that. Ethan Hamilton in the central midfield areas, I think he seems quite a you know, a good central midfielder which will keep things ticking over. I think that's pretty good. And Tommy Lee, I think if that's a partnership next season, I think, you know, that's that's a good spine, a good foundation to build from. I think that's that's okay. Um but I do think that kind of Kelvin Miller uh and, and that Brad Hills from from Norwich will will provide some good squad depth to that team and I think um it provides good competition for the current centre backs and current team, you know, defenders in that squad to essentially, you know, step up and and get their game up. You know, when you're not challenged and you've got that starting berth kind of locked in, you know, you can become complacent. So I think, you know, them them signings provide that extra level of competitiveness because if any of them other defenders, them more experienced defenders, are off you know, they're going to come in and take their place. And sometimes when you feel like you've got a rod on your back or you've got a target on your back, that's when you perform the best. So, yeah, I I don't... In my opinion, like, Accrington season really depends on, you know, how they start and how they get going. And I think, you know, for them, you know, starting... I think they've got... Who have they got in their first game of the season? Uh, this season they've got Newport County which at home so you know if they can get a good result that on the first game of the season and start to build you know Accrington as a bit of the fortress and you know start riding a bit of momentum they could you know be up towards the playoff zone or top up, up the upper half of the mid-table shuffle I just don't see them having the elements and the minerals essentially to uh to get to the level that they kind of want to which is probably a return automatically to league one so yeah that's my view on aquington
0: cool andy you didn't tell me this was the impressions episode mate i would have polished up some of my own um but as it happens i'll just stick to impersonating someone who knows what they're talking about for the time being um but i'm glad that we've opened up that door for for, for future reference anyway um here we are. I'm rounding off this episode now with a with a Morecambe update, and I'll just I'll I'll start off by describing their transfer business to date in one word: ludicrous. Uh, with nine permanent transfers in and three loanees so far, to replace thirteen permanent transfers out, it's it's pretty much all change for the shrimpers this year, uh, presumably driven by the enormous amounts of financial uncertainty around the club at present which I'm always reticent to speculate about speculate about rather because it's absolutely crap having to contend with with issues like that off the field when I mean, you should be able to focus on what's on it really um yeah this sort of churn never helps at the best of times least of all when you've just slipped out of the league above um I don't think things bode well for Morecambe this year if I'm honest their precarious financial situation sort of permeates the club at the moment who seem to be in a bit of a slide and I can see it precipitating a sort of relegation double whammy if I'm honest I hope not though because I prefer the worst team on merit goes down each year rather than the most mismanaged at a board level um but we shall see i guess chin up Morecambe fans rooting for you to get your club back on an even keel and then and then we can all start focusing on you know the real reasons for losing like for example the referee is on the take or both linesmen uh, are missing their optical aids um yeah some 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 usual culprits uh Morecambe's fun fact anyone um currently Hiring a first-team analyst with, op- and I quote, opportunities for continued professional development. And I think it's very clear what that means. That means that you puppet master the manager for a few seasons while sort of plotting his downfall. Um, begin sowing some seeds of doubt in the players' mind. Important moments throughout that time. Um, eventually, initiate a halftime coup with the players. Preferably in sort of a key game. So I'm thinking, you know, playoff final or like an important cup fixture against a big team. Um, oust the manager, kick him out of the dressing room. Um, get out your sort of pre prepared Churchillian speech, w- win the win the game. So either the cup, the league, whichever. Get yourself on Man City's radar, abandon your morals. And take over from Pep once he's bored of winning his his tenth consecutive Premier League title, um, foolproof really. So they're the, they're touting it as first team analyst. What they're actually what they're actually offering is Premier League title winner. So yeah, worth, worth a gander, I reckon, if you're a loose end and um, looking for a new job. So in actual fact, that that brings us to. The end end of the pod end of the road maybe given how it's gone but the end of this pod um thanks for sticking with us on this exploration into the unknown so far and um oh the fun doesn't stop there's a whole nother rip-roaring episode to come where andy surprisingly predicts rexham to go straight back down and a five-way tie for first place yeah, it's, it's really Something to behold, um, and it will be for Andy as well, because I'm not sure he's done that yet. um, go and do all the socials things that Andy always tells you to do, like give us five star ratings and leave lots of comments um with the caveat of obviously, I won't read them if they aren't glowing praise, so yeah, bear that in mind, you don't want waste your waste your keystrokes for the day um and I look forward to bringing the second half of the previews the league table predictions and a presumed Canvey Island teaser in the next episode as well. Um, yeah, that's it from me. Stay safe, everyone. It's jungle out there.